0: God's Word is packed full of power, power unlimited to transform your life. But one of the biggest problems people have with the Bible is understanding it, making sense of it, knowing where it comes from and where what they're reading today fits into the bigger picture. Well, I think it's time we did something about that. Bernie Diamond, and welcome to the program today as we take a look at the Word of God, the Bible, from a different perspective. We've all heard of those word associations tests that psychologists use. You know, they say black, you say white. They say rabbit, you say carrot. Day, night, God, mm, love, devil, mm, evil, Bible, mm, Bible. Now, how do you respond to that? Stuffy, old, irrelevant? Well, different people will have some different views, but actually in Australia where I live, the Bible is one of the least trusted of all historical documents. Over the last few weeks on the program, we've been talking about the incredible power that we unlock when we read the Bible. But this thing that we call the Bible, it's a big book, it's it's massive and it can be daunting. So today I thought it might be useful just to have a look and see what this Bible is exactly. I want to share with you a secret. It's sad but true. I never read a book cover to cover until I was well into my 20s. I managed to get through school and university and did pretty well, I might add, without ever reading a book from beginning to end. I remember at university in the first year English, we studied the book Wuthering Heights, which absolutely bored me to tears. I'm sorry, but I never opened the book once. There are companies that publish crib notes, you know, the summary of the book and a a summary of what's in it and a summary of what some critics say. So I just quickly read the crib notes, wrote essays and did by and large reasonably well. And I never, ever liked libraries either. You know how libraries have that kind of dusty, dank smell? All of them are the same. Every library on the planet has the same smell. I thought about it for a while and I thought, Bernie, why don't you like libraries? Why did it take you so long to read your first book? The answer, I guess, has two parts. Firstly, libraries for me always felt really big and inaccessible. They have tens of thousands of books. And in the old days, when I was at university, they had card systems for accessing or finding things. I mean, these days they have computers. That old card system had what they called the Dewey Decimal Classification System. And finding anything just took so incredibly long. And secondly, when you did find the stuff, there was always so much of it. There was so much time involved to, I don't know, look through all those books and research them. I mean, some people are natural bookworms. Well, I'm not. And still, frankly, I don't like libraries. I'm sorry if you're a librarian. I just don't like libraries. I haven't darkened the doorstep of one since I finished my last degree quite a few years ago now. You know something? I think for a lot of people, the Bible is exactly like that. It feels big and dusty and inaccessible. There are many, many people who wouldn't mind having a read, but for goodness sakes, where do you start? Well, today, let's break it down a bit. Let's make it a bit more accessible. Remember when I started at Bible college only a few months after becoming a Christian? Everyone took for granted that we knew about the Bible. The reality was I didn't, and my hunch is I wasn't alone. Let's unpack it a bit. Let's, let's demystify it a bit. All of a sudden, you know, it becomes a whole bunch more accessible. The thing that we call the Bible is made up of 66 books written by different people over somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 years. That's the kind of period over which the Bible was written. And it wasn't just written by different people, but at different times. And the last book was written, well, almost 2,000 years ago. There are essentially two parts of the Bible. This was complete news to me when I first opened it, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And when I started at Bible college, I didn't know which one was which. The Old Testament, well, the Old Testament is God's story and the story of how he interacted with and engaged his chosen people, the Israelites. The Old Testament was written completely BC, before Christ, before Jesus came on the earth. What Christians call the Old Testament is in fact exactly the same as the Jewish Hebrew scriptures. Jews still use those same scriptures today. Christians call that the Old Testament. It's written mostly in the original language of Hebrew, the language of the Jews. Now, there's small parts of books like Daniel which were written in a language called Aramaic, which is the language that Jesus actually spoke. But by and large, the Old Testament was originally written in the Hebrew language. And what we have today, the thing that we call the Old Testament, is an English translation of that. Now, there are lots of funny names of books, Deuteronomy and Judges and Chronicles, and there's Ezekiel. There are 39 separate books in the Old Testament, and there are four main parts to the Old Testament. The first five books, Genesis to Deuteronomy, are the Jewish or the Hebrew law, the Torah, And when you go from Joshua through to Ezra and Nehemiah, and that's kind of the history of what God did and how his people responded. Thirdly, after that, there are the wisdom books, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastics, Song of Solomon and Lamentations. And the rest of the books in the Old Testament are written by men called prophets, men whom God called to call his people back unto him. That's the Old Testament. It's a story of God engaging with God's people, the Israelites. And the New Testament is 27 books. Now, it was mostly written in the Greek language. The first 4 books, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, are the Gospel accounts. They're the historical accounts of Jesus' life and his ministry. The next book, the book of Acts, is the story of the first 20 or so years of the church after Jesus rose again to be with his father then there are a whole bunch of letters called the Epistles from people like Peter and John and Paul written to the various churches that they were involved in, or in some cases, to individuals. Now, this may be old hat to some, but I know that to many people, just a simple understanding of the basic structure of the Bible is going to really help. I know that when I was a new Christian, no one one ever bothered to explain this stuff to me. (laughs) I wish they had. Now, some people might be saying to themselves, that's all well and good, But how accurate is the Bible? Because before the printing press was ever invented by Gutenberg in 1450, the Bible, there's this massive thing, the Old Testament, the New Testament, was transcribed over and over again by hand by people called scribes, who who literally copied it by hand. It's hard to imagine. These days, there's a science called textual criticism. It studies whether any errors crept into the Bible as it was copied through all these generations of manuscripts. And what it tells us, is that having studied thousands of manuscripts, the level of accuracy is absolutely remarkable. I mean, it's a science. People have done it. There are very, very few words or sentences where there is any doubt as to what the original meaning was. And and blessedly these days, this thing called the Bible has been translated into easy-to-read contemporary versions. No more these and thous. Great, modern-day, accurate, easy-to-understand translations. And you know that in the Bible, over half of the 66 books, over half, you can read in a half an hour or less. Now, look, in a few minutes, we can't do anything but scrape the surface. Today, we've just talked about some basic factual stuff. No, no one really taught me this stuff. I remember becoming a Christian and going and sitting in a church, and people just teach from the Bible, which is wonderful. But no one ever explained to me that that some of it was stories and history and some of it was letters and some of it was poetry. But when you simplify and demystify all that stuff, it turns out that it's just a wonderful book. God's living word, such power to change our lives, to deal with the issues that we're going through. And with the many contemporary translations, it's much, much easier to read than I ever thought as I started to read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John in the New Testament, I was completely blown away by this amazing Jesus. Who would have thought the Bible? Before we go, I'd just like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Listen, the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at powerfulprayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could pray for one or two others and leave them an encouraging word. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So let us pray for you and with you. And let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is PowerfulPrayer.org. I'm Bernie Timot. Catch you again, same time tomorrow, with a different perspective.